Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Well, it really is amazing uh, to be with you today. Um, And before we dive into friendship, I wonder if I might infuse you with something I'm really passionate about. Leon says I'm passionate. I am. And invite you to do something really important. And that is, I want to invite, if you're not already a personal member of the Evangelical Alliance, I want to invite you to become one. Let me tell you what that means and what you can do about it. First of all, you might say, well, what's an evangelical? Well, an evangelical is a good news person in a bad news world. I don't know about anybody else, but my news feed is full of the worst news in my lifetime. And if you know Jesus today, you are a good news person in a bad news world. What else? We're evangelicals, we're people of the Bible. We don't change the words of God to accommodate our culture. We want to see our culture transformed with the words of God. Also, we're people of Jesus. We believe that his life and his death and his resurrection was the most important moment in the whole of human history. That he's our God, but he can also be our friend. Thirdly, we're people of conversion. We believe that the most important decision anyone can ever make is to choose to follow Jesus or not. And fourthly, we're people of activism. We want to see this broken world become more like the kingdom. That's why it was evangelicals who were at the forefront of the abolition of the slave trade. More recently, that's looked like Christians against poverty, street pastors, food banks, whatever we can do to see hope come to the hopeless in our world. And who we are as the EA, as I hope the video communicated, we're an alliance of evangelicals because we believe that it's better to be together than to be isolated. So we are tens of thousands of individuals, thousands of churches, hundreds of organisations. And we've existed since 1846 to do two really simple things. First of all, we want to see every single person in the UK come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. That's why we exist. But also we exist to speak up at the highest levels of government on issues that really matter to Christians. So one of the things that we do is we we hear the stories of member churches like Life Life Central. We tell the government what a brilliant job you're doing. Why? Because if we don't, who will? And the government needs to know. But secondly, we speak upon issues that are really important and a bit more contentious like free speech. Why? Because it shouldn't be a hate crime to declare that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And so one example of that, there was a bill going through Parliament a couple of years ago that would have enabled Ofsted to come into every Sunday school and youth group in the country and essentially vet what was being said. We thought that sounded more like North Korea or Saudi Arabia than the UK, governmental control of private religion. So we spoke up. And I'm delighted to say that because of the strength of our membership, that bill has been kicked into touch for the time being. Isn't that good news? But here's where we need your help. If you're able to join us, it helps strengthen our voice. When the government asks us how many members do you have, we need to give a number. And at the moment, we're about 22,000 individual members. The dream over the next 10 years is to get to 50,000. Why 50,000? Because 50,000 is about the number of the Liberal Democrats' membership. Now, we are not a political party with no political affiliation. But if you're bigger than the third largest political party, it means when a new Prime Minister comes in, they have to knock on our door rather than the other way around. So if you're able to join us, it makes a really big difference. Um, If you're online, you can go to eauk.org forward slash join. But if you're here in the building today, I've got a little table out back. Um, And if you can join me on the way out, give you a little form like this. It costs just £3 a month. You can fill in a few details. If you're part of a couple, you can tick the box that says couple. And you get to speak on behalf of both of you. And it's still £3 a month. I know. And and if your spouse isn't here, uh, just tick the box anyway and tell them later. As a thank you, if you're able to join us today, just would love to give you a few things. Uh, Leon talked about the book. If you're able to join us this morning, would love to give you a copy of the book for free, just to say thank you for joining. 
Second thing we'd love to give you is this. It's called Speak Up. It tells you your rights and responsibilities when sharing your faith at work and in the community. Loads of people say you can't share your faith at work. You can. You just can't abuse a position of responsibility over an employee. Loads of people say you can't wear a cross at work. You can. You just can't wear a life-size one because it's a health and safety hazard. So I'd love to share that with you. And finally, would love to share that if you join us today, this might swing the deal for some of you. I've got an Evangelical Alliance keyring for you. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. On the end of it, it's got one of those detachable pound coins. And in a cashless society, when you need a pound for your trolley at Asta, you will thank Jesus the day you joined the Evangelical Alliance. So, thank you so much. So, we'd love to share that with you. Um, but let's talk about friendships. Please do join us, it really makes a difference. Let's talk about friendships, shall we? Um, as mentioned, I work for the EA, uh, which means I live in Birmingham. Can everyone say Birmingham? I just feel so at home already, but that's made it even better. Um, but my office is in London. So I'd normally travel down on a Tuesday morning to London, stay overnight on the Tuesday, come back on the Wednesday. And um, because I'm quite cheap, I basically stay at a friend's house rather than stay in a hotel. I'm also like for this friendship thing as well. Um, but what I do is I rotate my friends who I stay with because I don't want to outstay my welcome anywhere. And a few months ago, I was staying at a friend's house and it's one of those relationships that I have with my friends where I know him far better than I know his wife. Do you know those relationships I'm talking about? And it, it, with her, with my friend's wife, I'm, I'm in that kind of weird relational no-man's land where you're somewhere between a handshake and a hug. It's a really awkward stage, isn't it? And so I'm in that kind of space with this woman, and, um, but because I'm staying at her house, I decide that this is the morning to take my relationship with my friend's wife to the next level. And so I'm sat in the living room watching TV with his kids. My friend is in the, in the kitchen making dinner, and my friend's wife comes down the stairs. And I decide I really want to thank her for letting me stay. So as she comes down the stairs, I leave her in absolute no uncertain terms that I'm going to give her a hug. And so she comes walking towards me, I put my arms out like this, she comes towards me, I embrace her and say, thank you so much for letting me stay. It's fair to say that my enthusiasm in that moment was greater than hers. <laughs> and then I step back, and I will never forget this moment, and I'm cringing just thinking about it. She looks at me with utter bewilderment, and I have this horrible moment where the blood drains from my face. And I realise that the woman I've just hugged is not the wife of my friend. <laughs> It's the friend of the wife of my friend who was on a play date with my friend's children. And we do this really British thing where we look at each other and with our eyes say, we will never speak of this again. <laughs> Just because we have proximity doesn't mean we have intimacy. Just because we have a thousand connections on Facebook doesn't mean we have any friends who we can call when the storms hit the shores of our life. Just because we are in the house of the Lord doesn't mean we have a friendship with him. And we are living in a world full of friendship poverty. One in three men say they have no close friends. It's not much better for women. 40% of young adults, who by the way are the most connected generation in history, say they always or often feel lonely. We've got a restate in the UK at the moment where we have a minister in government whose responsibility is loneliness. And yet I believe that Jesus is good news in this area because we are good news people 
in a bad news world. So I'm going to read to you a passage from the Bible where Jesus talks about friendship. In John 15, Jesus says this. John 15 from verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. See, the Bible has such good news when it comes to friendship. And as you can see from this passage, you can see that we were created to be connected with God and connected with one another. And we need friends. We've got music and movies on demand. We've got the world in the palm of our hand. We've got fun trips, internships, play scripts and hair snips. Film clips, fish and chips at the touch of our thumbtips. Need to lead or breed or feed your cat? Well, it turns out there's an app for that. But we need friends. We've got computers for a fiver, cars without a driver. We've got louder, further, faster, more, a bigger network than ever before. But we need friends. And friends are amazing. See, friendship is atomic. From the nursing home to the coffee shop, from the boardroom to the playground. It's relational connections that make the world go round. See, we were created to know and be known. It's better to eat kebabs with friends than salad on your own. <laughs> and yet we, we trace in populous places. We're strangers in rooms of familiar faces. We crave deeper meaningfuls but experience anonymity. We dance superficially around the promise of proximity. And we need friends. And quantity is no substitute for quality. We need 5G, HD, 24 karat friends. Lifelong, fight strong, tag along, forgive all wrong friends. Friends to talk through our problems personal. Friends to call when the cancer's terminal. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, your year. You just remember what your old pal said. We get by with a little help from our friends. And look to the one who made friendship possible, whose nail-pierced hands bridged a chasm uncrossable. His scandalous invitation follows the most glorious of amends. There is no greater love than they that lay their life down for their friends. So, celebrate with me the ship most worth sailing and follow the example of the friend unfailing. May we raise our game and drop our cover, invest our energies in one another. May we still be there when the rain starts to fall and accept the most important friend request of all, because we need friends. And what I have for us this morning 
is three lessons from the life of Jesus and the words of Jesus that give us hope for friendship. And my prayer for you this morning is that you might look at your friendships, see where God's speaking into your friendships, but also that you might accept the most important friend request of all, because Jesus' invitation to you is to be your friend. So let's look at those lessons, shall we? First of all, the first thing we see about Jesus' friendship is that it is sacrificial. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Do you know, just about the most powerful cultural story in our world at the moment is what's called expressive individualism. You might not know it by that name, but you certainly know it by its mantras. From the moment we turn our phone on in the morning and we leave our house, we are bombarded with messages that tell us this, that meaning and truth are found in being your own authentic self. You do you. Follow your heart. Be true to yourself and your desires. The story of culture tells us that we discover, we choose our identity, and we find that inside us, and we express that, and that is the most important thing. It's all about you. The sociologist David Foster Wallace says, everything in my own immediate experience supports my deep belief that I am the absolute center of the universe, the realist, most vivid person in existence. And yet Jesus says this is true friendship. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You don't do you, you do others. Maybe we are lonely and fractured in our world today because in a world of self-promotion and individualism, we have lost the heart and the art of preferring others' needs over our own. And for some of us, that might mean dropping everything to be with a friend who's in need. For some of us, that might mean avoiding the need to be right all the time. For some of us, that might mean spending time with people who are different from us. Let me give you one example from my life. I shared uh, in the interview with Leon that one of the difficult things for me during the pandemic was that family members died. We found out in early 2020 that my mum, who'd been battling cancer for about six months, that that cancer was terminal. So I spent the first few months of lockdown, sat at the end of my mum's driveway, watching her physically deteriorate. But this was a woman who'd, as a young girl, chosen to follow Jesus. She'd accepted the friend request of God for her. And you know, in those moments where you're beginning to face death, it's like you've been investing in a spiritual bank account all your life. And you can begin to draw dividends from that. I saw my mum physically deteriorate each day, but spiritually, she grew stronger. And then she did something which I recommend we all do if we know we're going to be with Jesus soon. And that is one afternoon she took her iPad and she recorded a message to be played at her funeral. She always wanted the last word, did my mum. <laughs> Do you know, so many people in that moment would have thought of themselves. But my mum didn't. She was sacrificial in her friendship. She thought of her friends. And we weren't able to do a proper funeral in person, so we did it online and about 400 screens turned up. And my mum immaculately talked about the fact that the decision she'd made to follow Jesus, her friendship with God, meant she was forgiven for her past knew God with her in her agony, and she had absolute hope and assurance that she knew, she knew where she was going in a matter of weeks. And on the 8th of June, 2020, she did go to be with Jesus. This message was played. And because she wasn't around to stop me, I had the last word. And I gave an opportunity for those watching to choose to follow Jesus, to choose to accept the offer of God's friendship. And as soon as we finished the call, we clicked leave on the Zoom meeting. I had a text from a family friend that said this, 
Phil, I prayed that prayer with you. I believe Jesus died for me. Isn't that amazing? Why did that happen? Because someone in their moments where they should have been only thinking of themselves, expressing their authentic self, said, I'm going to lay down my life for my friends because great friendship is sacrificial. Second thing about great friendship is that it is intentional. Jesus says in verse 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Now, normally with people like Jesus, that's not normally what happened. Normally, disciples would go and find a rabbi who they wanted to be like, who they kind of apprenticed themselves to in our kind of modern understanding of that word. But what Jesus does is he flips this around and says with his friends, with his disciples, I'm going to choose you. And in doing so, he shows us that great friendship is intentional. He chooses 12 disciples to walk around with and learn from, causing some to ponder and reflect that Jesus' greatest miracle wasn't the feeding of the 5,000. It was having 12 close friends in his 30s. And then what's really interesting is that with Jesus, he's more intentional with some than others. As Leon said, I've researched the heck out of friendship. And one of the things that I've found is that the leading sociologists of today, who mostly aren't Christians, have found, they've, they've researched how many good friends can you have and how many great friends can you have. And leading sociologists have found you can have about 12 good friends. That's our limit for really good friends. Then you can have about three great friends. And I'm reading this and I'm like, that sounds really familiar. It's almost like the Son of God had help. But what we find with Jesus is that often he realises that he can only take with him a few people into the moments that really matter. So there's several moments in the Gospels, the biographies of Jesus, where Jesus says to nine of his disciples, you wait there, you three, Peter, James and John, come with me. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? To think about Jesus almost had favourites. But yeah, we need to be intentional with friendship. Why? Because we have finite, limited relational bandwidth. We cannot be good friends with everybody. We can be great friends with even less people. So my encouragement to you today is think about the friends who you're going to invest your energy in. Don't let friendship happen to you. Be intentional with your friendship. But the second thing with this intentionality is there's a real jaw drop moment in this passage where Jesus says a couple of times, I call you friends. Now, this was a shocking statement to the disciples at the time because the way they understood their relationship with their rabbi was that of kind of teacher and pupil. It was disciple and rabbi. In fact, there's no other record in the whole of the first century of any other rabbi calling their disciples friends. To the extent that when Jesus said this, the disciples have been, what did you say, Jesus? You've called us what? Jesus calls his disciples, and he calls us friends. And I really don't want you to miss this this morning, because we view God in lots of ways. The theologian A.W. Tozer says that what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And it's no surprise, is it, that when we come to get our head around the all-consuming, all-creating creator of the universe, we have lots of different images that the Bible gives us. He's our father, our judge, our saviour, our sustainer, our provider, our example. But don't miss this this morning. God is your friend. Don't miss that. And you know what? If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, if you've never had a moment like my mum or like my mum's friend at her funeral where you've chosen to follow Jesus, you can. 
And in a few moments' time, I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose that if you want it for you. But don't miss the opportunity. That relationship is your life. And do you know what? If you are a follower of Jesus today, that friendship is your life. That's why Jesus in this passage compares his relationship with us to that like a vine and branches. He says, remain in me and you'll bear much fruit. But disconnect from me and you're no good for anything except being thrown away. Do you know too many of my friends uh, are giving up on church or quiet times because life's too busy or the football's on or, or there are some other moments that are more important. Don't give up on your friendship with Jesus. It is your life. Remain in his love. Great friendship is sacrificial. It's invitational, intentional. And finally, it's invitational. As God extends his invitation of friendship to others, there's an amazing way in which we partner with God to extend that invitation to others. Verse 8, Jesus says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. One of the ways in which we bear fruit as friends of God, is by inviting others to be friends with God too. Do you know, one of my jobs at the Evangelical Alliance is I'm a missiologist, which means I study mission. And one of the things I do is I study how people come to faith in 2023. Do you know, the main way in which people come to faith is not through an evangelist like me or a pastor like Leon. It's through a friend, a neighbour, a colleague or a family member. If you've not got friends who you're praying for regularly to come to faith, I want to urge you to have some to pray for your mates to come to faith. It really makes a difference. We are living in what many people are calling the perma-crisis at the moment. The, the Collins Dictionary word of the year for last year was perma-crisis, an extended period of instability and insecurity, especially one resulting from a series of catastrophic events. We've lurched from a global pandemic to a cost of living crisis, a threat of World War III, death of a monarch, political turmoil, ecological meltdown, and people are searching for hope. Our friends are looking for hope. This morning, you might be looking for hope. And hope has a name. And he's our friend. And his name's Jesus. And I've seen this most recently in my life, in the life of my mate, John. John lives not far from here, just up the road, in fact. Became friends with John at school. One of the things that we find with our friends who don't yet, don't yet know Jesus is they look to us for hope. And earlier this year, I got a text in April from my friends which said this. This is how non-Christians ask for prayer. It said this. Got any time over weekend? Need a word with the top dog big man if you can help, pal. <laughs> if you get a text like that from one of your mates who's not a Christian, they're asking you to pray for them, okay? <laughs> so we meet up. We meet up at Weatherspoons just down the road. Other pubs are available in Hale Zone and Blackheath. So we meet up and it's 9.30 on a Saturday morning. People are swigging pints all over the place. You might, be one of, you might have been one of them. In which case, well done. No, not well done. And he tells me how his brother has got a possible brain tumour. His brother had called him that week to say he had three, he's got three kids, one on the way. Would he look after his kids when he died? He said, would I pray? So I believe in Jesus. I believe God can heal. So in this, he said, so I said, let's pray. He goes, what now? I said, yeah. So in Weatherspoons and Blackheath, we pray that his brother might be healed. That was the, 20, that was the 22nd of April. I texted text him on the 24th of April. Any news on Sai? Been praying. He says, not yet. Thanks, pal. We'll keep you posted. 25th of April. No brain tumour. Thanks for your work, pal. <laughs> Do you know what? He's still not a Christian. <laughs> Why 
What's it going to take, eh? But he might be a bit closer. And we are those as Christians who people look to to help, for hope. And my encouragement to you today is if you're not praying for some friends to come to faith, to do so. Because we are those non-anxious presence in the world for them today. So today, may you know the power of friendship in your life. May you know that in a bad news world, you are a good news person. And may you also know that great friendship is sacrificial. May you know that it is intentional. And may you know that it is invitational. Just invite us if we're able to stand. And the first thing I'd love to do, whether you're here in the building or whether you're watching at one of the sites or watching online, there might be some people here today who they've never had a moment where they've accepted the friend request of God. Never been a moment where they've said, actually, God, I I know I haven't got hope. I know I need hope. I know I need to be friends with God. I know that that means forgiveness for my past, God's presence with me today and hope for the future. And that offer is there for you. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you're from, who you are. That's the offer of God's friendship for you today. So just invite you, if that's you today, to just bow your heads with me. We're all going to bow our heads. And and if you've already chosen to follow Jesus, then pray for those who aren't yet following Jesus. But if you're here this morning and you're like, I just need to, to accept that friendship. Maybe you're far from God and have made that decision in the past. But today you're like, I need God's friendship in my life. If that's you, just invite you to do something really simple. And pray with me. Dear God, I'm sorry where I've got it wrong. Thank you that you love me enough to die for me. And rise again. And I might not have it all together, but I want to choose to follow you. Just say that to God in your heart. that's you today, I just invite you to say a wholehearted amen to that prayer. And just so the team here can serve you and we can pray for you, if that's you this morning, just invite you to do something really significant and just put your hand in the air for me. If that's you this morning, just would you put your hand in the air for me? Great, thank you. second thing I'd love to invite you to do is just to reflect on your friendships today. And maybe friendships are a source of pain and you need to speak Jesus and healing over those relationships. Maybe that's what God's speaking to you about today. Maybe he's calling to be more intentional with a few. And maybe there's others who we know people in our lives, like my mate John, who don't yet know Jesus. Who God's encouraged us to pray for afresh today. Just invite you in your heart today to bring those friends to God before him. That they might know the hope and friendship that you have with him. But Father, I thank you for this beautiful and amazing church. Thank you for the joy it is to be with Life Central today. And I pray that that name would be true of this place. 
that there will be life here and that you would be central, God. And may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. And may he bring you home rejoicing once again into these doors. Amen.